0: Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio.
1: Radio. Let's get into, of course, some of the work you've been doing, bridging the gap between the paranormal and the spiritual side. Yeah, uh, you wrote a book called God Reconsidered, and I believe that's what we were talking about back in July of uh, 2019.
0: Correct. Yeah, that uh, it, it was. Um, it was an attempt, kind of like you do on your show, to bring some rational discussion to what is really almost like our politics, a very polarized discussion between uh, atheists who don't think that there is anything but the material world. So this goes beyond the issue of whether there's a God or not. That's a tough one to prove. Uh, But does that mean that you have to believe in only this dimension? Or a lot of these guys seem to believe in a multiverse. now? I don't really understand why they can theorize a multiverse uh, and, and not accept the idea of different paranormal dimensions. But this is their position, and uh, I know that uh, Michael Crichton, who was a Harvard-trained uh, uh, medical doctor, uh, had a very materialistic uh, attitude towards uh, the world. Didn't believe in anything. Right.
1: And then your wife knew him,
0: didn't she? Yeah, yeah. You can you can ask her about that. But he was uh, yeah. a fascinating guy because um, when he came back, she knew him at the time, right after his divorce, when he went around the world and uh, uh, had some very strange experiences that changed his attitude towards what we would call the paranormal. And when he came back, he lived in Los Angeles. There was this, the, kind of the the old skeptic society uh, was there. Back then, I think they called it the, uh, the Society for Skeptical Inquiry or something yes, like that. They, yes. they ended up...
1: Michael splitting. Shermer's
0: thing. Yeah, yeah. Michael Shermer's group out in Pasadena. They split... And uh, that that was there was something of a scandal over that, and so um, the chairman of that group, uh, after Crichton came back, said, "Hey, why don't you come and discuss? I know you have some different ideas. Why don't you come and talk about them?" So he wrote out his little speech, and then they said, "No, we decided we don't want you to come." To it, and so he got his revenge by putting it into the appendix of this book called Travels, because the book deals with these strange things that happened to him. and uh, And then when you read the the uh, the appendix, it is a discussion about why are the skeptics so close minded? What are they afraid of? You know. And so in God Reconsidered, I kind of went through things like ESP and near death experiences, UFOs and showed that you really have to be irrational to ignore the evidence. Yes, you've got to have an open mind but I've dealt with Sherman and I've dealt with these other guys and the, the key to understanding the skeptics is, was in this classic study of why academia is 40 years behind the cutting edge science. And it, it was called The Structure of Scientific Revolutions. And it says the gatekeepers of conventional wisdom have been teaching their subject, they staked their reputation for 40 or 50, 60 years. And so you have to wait for them to die or retire before your heresy can be put in their journal, right. or you can you can teach it. And uh, the Newgate keepers, uh, 20 years after that encounter, say, well, you know, we don't believe in your stuff, but hey, it's okay, you can get into the journal, and then they have to retire or die. And finally, the pioneers get a chance to really have this public debate. Uh, you probably know or know of Dean Radin who wrote.
1: Oh yeah, he's been Universe. on our
0: program. Yeah, and and real magic, and I mean, in God reconsidered. I, I I first encountered him when he came out with his book, Conscious Universe, and he, what he went through in the wake of that, aside from being fired from. Uh, Las Vegas University, uh, they would not review it in certain journals, and and, uh, in Nature, the British publication, they reviewed it, but they would not allow letters to be published showing, you know, what a bunch of junk the uh, original uh, review was. And the resistance is just incredible. So, in Real Magic, he talks about some more. Adventures he had, yeah, these guys are just like fundamentalist evangelicals when it comes to the paranormal they don 't want to know about it. You try to get them to read uh, let 's say the conscious universe, which has the evidence for e s p They will not open it you know they 're very, very upset uh, at the idea that there might be something that they can 't you know uh, handle something they can touch, something that was yeah, been the scientific orthodoxy for the last hundred years. You know, they're, they're just really behind the times is the bottom line.
1: Have you always been a believer?
0: Well, I grew up in a, a Mormon family, and one of the distinctive things about Mormons is they do tend to have supernatural experiences. Uh, it's very much a living religion, and uh, so it was just normal for me to hear... Uh, people, missionaries and my grandparents and other people talk about having encounters with the dead, dead relatives and saints and spirits and all this kind of stuff. So I grew up as a believer, and uh, I really and, and did a lot of study on it, but I didn't have a mystical experience. I, I had a lot of weird synchronicities my whole life strange things would happen to me. You know, uh, I would be thinking about somebody, and they would call me. I would run into somebody at a very strange situation uh, that led to important developments in my life. And a lot of these had to do with religion. And so those were what I called my many miracles. Today we would call them synchronicities. And because of all that, I was a, a true believer, but I had an unbidden spiritual crisis having to do with studying UFO abductions uh-huh. and even though Mormons believe there's life on other planets should not have been a conflict when I got into the abduction phenomena it was so spooky it was such uh, you know Alice down the rabbit hole situation uh, that uh, I really started losing my faith and that caused a spiritual Crisis and a mystical experience out of nowhere, and that's what led me to my current path, which is what I wrote in uh, God Reconsidered, which is Christian Gnosticism, which kind of views the world in a very dualistic way. And uh, so I've been kind of pushing back the boundaries of thought in that area, and my goal was to kind of take the work of Scott Rogo further. If you knew him, he was the author of about 30 books on the paranormal. And one of the stranger experiences in my life is that my son, who was just a kid at the time, like 12 or something, was with me at the interview uh, with Scott Rogo. And um, this was like the first long interview he'd ever done on the paranormal. And um, I was doing it for Fate magazine and uh, went on vacation, came back, and he'd been murdered. So this was, we had just been discussing afterlife and, you know, all his ability to leave his body and, you know, all these things. So that was the beginning of my coverage of psychic affairs for Fate and some other magazines. And uh, so the fact that my son was there turned out to be propitious or providential because he ended up being the editor of God Reconsidered, and he's now becoming uh, a member of the clergy of the Gnostic Church and some other stuff. So even though we grew up completely separately because my first wife and I split, uh, he and I have converged back in the last few years on spiritual matters.
1: Joseph Smith founded Mormonism, right?
0: Yes, and um, Richard Bushman has this incredible newish biography, like nothing that's ever been written about him. It's 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 a very positive portrait. Uh, And um, Joseph Smith was an extraordinary person. Um, Howard Bloom, the uh, oh
1: Howard comes on all the time.
0: Yeah, the the great Shakespeare literary guy. Um, Anyway, he he said that uh, Joseph Smith was one of the very few people in history who could make other people see his visions and there's a lot of stories about that in the church and and I still believe it's very much a living religion it's one of the boldest philosophies in religion. So whether you sympathize with everything they have to say, they're not like other conventional Christians. They really have a whole concept of how you can become a god and create worlds and, you know, all kinds of very interesting uh, and innovative ideas to try to solve some of the problems. So my family's still very faithful. My pagan wife, Sandra, really has a very high opinion of her Mormon relatives. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, fascinating world unto itself.
1: He died at 39 when a mob killed him, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. It was uh, that what he accomplished in those years is truly astonishing. And uh, he's one of the, really one of my heroes, even though I don't follow that faith uh, anymore, Uh, an incredibly innovative Thinker Eddie actually ran for President of the United States so he could have a platform, which is a whole thing unto itself. yeah, he was basically assassinated partly because of the rumors about polygamy, which he started, and he had a supposedly spiritual reason for that but um but they did a lot of other things, you know mysterious masonic like temple ceremonies and and uh and they were very prosperous hard working people and it made people jealous they were worried about their political power mm-hmm. an, the
1: book of mormon a... didn't help him either right
0: no right uh, the book of mormon being a rival to the bible essentially the way other christians saw it, this this was the ultimate heresy this is like the Koran, you know from their standpoint but it was a one of the, the reason people joined the church was because uh he and the Book of Mormon promise that if people pray about it, they will get some kind of manifestation, some kind of revelation. And it's so effective that... um People do have these experiences that tell them, join the church. And I was a missionary for two years in Germany, and uh, the Germans are pretty hard-hearted and not very spiritual, but uh, we had a lot of really interesting experiences with people with that. So it's a, it's a living faith, unlike most of the churches today.
1: Bridge the gap for us, uh, Scott, if you can, between the paranormal, these things that you've been talking about, yeah. and the spirituality because they do go hand in hand in many cases, don't they?
0: Yeah, the I think you know we're we're just a bunch of uh, mortals feeling different parts of the cosmic elephant here. But um, i Sandra and I've been doing a series of discussing this on uh, the God God dot com, which is our little podcast platform. And um, basically, what I've tried to do after the book was published and and working with Sandra and my son on some of these things is to see how far we can push the boundaries. Why do we incarnate, for example? What exactly happens after death? Why is there so much suffering? Mm -hmm. So what, what you have to do is once you, if you are rational enough, which the skeptics aren't, to know that there are certain things that our our narrow-minded, materialistic science can't explain, like ESP, to give the most obvious example, and ghosts. Um, Then you have to say, okay, what kind of philosophy of life is going to encompass that? Well, not skepticism, not militant atheism which is far less open-minded than atheists and agnostics used to be. This is like a a fundamentalist crusade. And so if you are open-minded enough to accept that there are unusual and unexplained things in the world, then you have to say, okay, so how does all this paranormal stuff fit into my religion or my (laughs) philosophy of life? And so what I've tried to do is is kind of find a framework that encompasses both uh, the kind of the ethical, philosophical questions like why is there suffering. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.